Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a fabulous day. Today's topic is going to be a lot of fun. In fact, we're going to be talking about something that I've been having a conversation with my clients about very frequently, and that is food rules. What are your food rules? You see, a lot of people, when they come into my office, they want to know the rules. What should I do? What should I not do? And they think that the more strict the rules will be, the better results they're going to get. And so a lot of my clients have already made up rules before they even walk into my office. They have rules like don't eat after 8 o'clock and don't eat carbohydrates, don't eat bananas, don't eat sugar. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And I understand right? We want to create these rules to help give us boundaries so that we can achieve our goals. However, more times than not, the more strict the rules or the more numerous the rules, the more it ends up backfiring. And so I've recently been challenging some of my clients to think about what are their own food rules? Have they made things up based off of past experience, past diets they've tried, or is it something that they grew up learning from their parents or hanging out with friends or old roommates? You know, what are the food rules that you have accumulated over time? And most importantly, are they helpful? I think that's the biggest thing. It's, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily to have a food rule if it's helpful. The problem is, is when they're harmful, is when you want to jump ship as soon as a better offer comes along. You know, if you aren't able to keep the food rules because they're so strict, so restrictive, so not exciting, then chances are you may need to rewrite your rule. And so it got me thinking about some of my rules because I have a lot of them, just like you have a lot of them as well. And I started thinking about the food rules that I have and, you know, are they helpful? Are they getting me, you know, closer to my goals? Are they taking me further away? Are they too strict? You know, a lot of times people ask me, well, what do you do? And so I thought today would be fun. I'll share with you some of my food rules. And I'm not saying that they need to be yours, but some may resonate and some you might want to try. Some you might be like, oh, heck no, that's not happening. And that's okay. So let's have a conversation. So I actually came up with 10 food rules, 10 food rules that I try my best to adhere to as much as possible because I know for me, it makes me feel better. So 
After this episode, guys, I would love, love, love for you to reach out to me, uh, to comment any way you can. And I would love to know what your food rules are, because I think it would be a very fascinating, interesting conversation. All right. So what is my first food rule? Actually, it's kind of funny. It's do not debit anything under $10. And you might be thinking, what the heck does this have to do with food? So I'm going to tell you a story. I I purposely did not tell you a fun fact about myself because I knew I was going to be sharing the story with you today. And so um, here it goes. So when I first got married, uh, Jim used to give me cash. And I was like, I don't know what this is for, but this is fabulous. And so I would go to Target or I would go to Marshall's or I would order something online because he gave me cash. And I was like, this is fantastic. I love being married. If this is what marriage is like, I just get cash all the time. And I remember one day Jim said to me, hey, after work, can you go grab some milk? And I was like, oh, can you give me like $5? And he said, what have you been, what about the money that I gave you earlier? Like, what have you been spending that money on? That's for things like, you know, things we need for the house or groceries. (laughs) I was just like, oh, huh. Yeah, that's not what I've been spending that money on. (laughs) He said to me, it makes me laugh. He's like, I'm not giving you cash anymore if you're just going to go shopping. He's like, are you kidding me? This whole entire time you've been shopping for clothes and things for the house? I'm like, yes, yes, I have. Because I thought that's what you were giving me the money for. So he said, I'm not giving you cash anymore. If you need to buy something, you can use your debit card. Use your debit card for groceries and we'll just do it that way. Well, as a newly married couple, Jim did all the banking stuff. Like he wrote the checks, he balanced the bank books. I did not do any of that because that was the role he assigned himself. And so having a debit card was very scary to me because what if I was withdrawing, you know, withdrawing money and he was also withdrawing money and there wasn't enough in the account to cover our bills. So I started to get very stingy with my debit card because I didn't want to use it. And I didn't have cash anymore. And I remember this day like it was yesterday. I was in Wawa and I was getting a drink. I was getting some water because you know I don't like beverages. I told you that in another episode. I was getting some water and I think I was probably even getting a snack and I didn't have any cash on me. And the guy at the counter told me it was like $2.43. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I have to debit $2.43. Now, today's day, not a big deal. People do it all the time. 20 years ago, it wasn't the same. (laughs) And so it was kind of awkward. He kind of gave me this look like, really, lady, you don't have $2. You're going to debit that. I was like, yes, I am. I have no cash. My husband doesn't give me cash anymore because I used to spend it all on clothes and now I'm not allowed to do that. And so I remember feeling so guilty and so shamed that I had to use a debit card for $2.43 that I just made a decision right then and there. I am no longer going to debit anything under $10. Anything under $10 is probably something I don't really need. And if I am well prepared, then I can get that snack at home or I can pack a water bottle. And honestly, that rule has gotten me 
it keeps me out of every Wawa because I can pay for gas at the pump. It keeps me out of every fast food restaurant. It keeps me out of just grabbing something haphazardly um, because that shame that I felt 20 years ago, I just never wanted to repeat that. And so one of my food rules is I am not allowed to debit anything under $10. (sighs) Okay, that was a really long story for food rule number one. But it's something that's really helped me. And it, like I said, I don't necessarily go buy snacks or buy things on a whim or impulsively because I know I don't have cash on me and I'm going to have to debit that. And for whatever reason, like I said, that shame stuck and I'm going with it. So it has been 20 years and I have not debited anything less than $10. And that goes for clothes too. Anything less than $10 probably don't need. So my workaround, of course, is to buy two shirts because then I can justify it over $10. But don't tell my husband that. All right, moving on. Food rule number two. Always pair carbs and proteins together. This is just how I I feel my best. Carbohydrates are an energy source. Protein is what I call a longevity source. It helps me feel full longer because it sits in my stomach longer. And so I try to make it a practice that every time I eat, I combine carbs and proteins together because that is how I feel my best. And that might be how you feel your best too. So that is food rule number two that I personally try to adhere to. Food rule number three, always high protein in the morning. Now this has come from just me really being observant over how I feel my best. All right. Honestly, guys, your body is your best source of information. A lot of us just aren't paying attention. We're too rushed. We're too overscheduled. We're too anxious. We're running around all the time that we don't even listen to the whispers that our body gives us to tell us how to make adjustments. And I know for myself, when I eat a higher carb breakfast, so something like cereal or um, waffles or pancakes or anything in that, that area, donuts, croissants, like anything like pastry item, I don't feel well. In fact, I get, I feel a little nauseous because I think my blood sugar spikes so much and then comes crashing down. Not, I think I know. Um, but also it doesn't fill me up and I end up getting really irritable and, um, Yeah, just not feeling my best and then usually starving in about an hour. So I've just learned that those types of foods don't feel great in my body first thing in the morning. I know there's plenty of people out there that do feel well on those foods. So I'm not trying to make a blanket statement here. Don't get me wrong here. Make sure you're hearing me. I'm not trying to say that these food rules are things you need to do. The underlying thought behind all of this is pay attention. See how different foods feel in your body so you can do those things more often and feel your best. That's all. All right, food rule number four. All foods are allowed. I am a stickler for this and I'm very emphatic about this one. All right, I will tell my clients time and time again, I will never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And I am not willing to give up certain foods. 
you will always see me celebrating with my children on their birthdays, eating a big piece of cake. You will always see me, you know, enjoying special moments with my family and celebrating things that are worth celebrating. It doesn't mean I have the, you know, the largest size possible. Uh, You know, if we're going out for ice cream, you know, I tend to keep it to a kitty size because honestly, it's more than enough ice cream. Um, But I will celebrate them, their accomplishments, uh, holidays. I'm going to eat the Christmas cookie. I'm going to have the sweet potato casserole. I'm going to do all the things because, you know, life is short and we want to enjoy those things. That doesn't mean I have all the volume and it doesn't mean that, you know, I, I feel sick afterwards, but I think it's really important that all foods are allowed. The minute you try to be super restrictive is the moment you become super resentful and that always backfires on you. So just don't play the game. Don't play the game. Don't overly restrict so that you become overly resentful. Just tell yourself all foods are allowed. I'll be honest with you, that's not something I always followed. When I was younger, I used to think it was all about the food rules, like I mentioned earlier in the episode. You know, no sugar at all, never anything sweet or cake, pastries, anything like that. Always low fat, nothing after eight. Those are the rules I used to live by and they made me miserable, right? I think I shared with you before, I was heavier in college than I was pregnant with my twins. I was a nutrition major and I was heavy in college, right? Because I thought making more rules was the answer and it wasn't. So along with that food rule, all foods are allowed. I also want to talk about my second one, all times are allowed. Now we're actually going to be talking about intermittent fasting next week. And I'm going to go over all the information about it to see if that's something for you. I know a lot of my clients have questions about it. So I want to make sure we go through the science and we talk about it. But for me personally, that is not something that I want to follow. That's just Again, my personal, um, just the way I feel about it. So for me, another food rule is all times are possible. Whenever I start to tell myself I can't eat after a certain time, guess what? I get super anxious and super hungry the minute I am past the time I told myself I can't eat. So like example, if I tell myself can't eat after 8 o'clock, at 8.01, I am famished. I'm starving. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And so again, quickly learned, let's not play that game because it doesn't work for you. For some people, it's really helpful. It kind of gives them a boundary to work within. For me, it doesn't work because I work late. Two nights a week, I work until eight o'clock. So if I'm lucky, I can eat dinner while I'm at work. Most times, my busy schedule is between four and eight because everyone wants to come in after work, and that's fine. But it means I don't eat dinner then until I get home, which is closer to 9 o'clock. If I make the rule don't eat after 8 o'clock, that doesn't work. And I realized very quickly, stop making a rule that doesn't work. It's not helpful. So I do eat when I get home at 9 o'clock. I just am selective of what I eat 
because at that point I'll be going to bed soon and I don't want to feel sick. All right. I don't even know what number I'm on. Number six, maybe food rule number six. This is something I'm also very specific about is plan. Don't wing it. Winging it is wishing and hoping for the best. And I've learned very quickly that those are not effective strategies in being healthy and in achieving goals. If I want something to happen, I have to plan for it to happen. I love the idea of let's just figure it out and hope for the best. Oh, I would love to be that person. I am not wired that way. I am the person who is asking Jim when we're on vacation, we're sitting there eating breakfast and I'm the one asking him, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? And he's always looks at me and he's like, are you kidding me? Can we just enjoy breakfast and figure it out later? And I'm like, absolutely not. Nope, can't do it. Nope, that's not how I'm wired. That's not how my brain works. I need to know what's coming in the future so I can make my best decisions right now. I think I'd like to be different, but it works for me. And so I'm going to stick with it. I like to plan. In fact, every single morning when I journal, I told you this before, I will plan out what I'm going to have for the day. And that doesn't mean I don't call an audible from time to time or if something else um, happens to pop up and, you know, I go with that in the moment. But I at least like to know the general direction that I'm going in for the day. It also helps me, you know, figure out, do I need to pack anything? Do I need to take something with me because I'm going to be away? It just helps me be prepared. And I don't know, maybe it has to do with having lots of kids. Because you have to be on your A game. You know, you have to always be prepared because somebody's going to want something. It's funny. I'm very prepared with food as I'm thinking about this and as I'm talking. I'm not prepared with so many other things. Jim always yells at me about not having tissues in my purse. He's like, you're a mom. How do you not have tissues? I'm like, I don't know, but I've got everything else. So if you see one of my kids and we're out, please help them out because I am not (laughs) prepared with tissues. All right. Number, where are we at? Maybe we're at seven. I don't know anymore at this point. I'm all over the place. Maybe six. All right. Exercise always comes before social media. So I like to work out in the morning. I like to get it done. I don't want it hanging over my head as something to do for the rest of the day. Plus, I know by the time I get home at night, I am exhausted and exercise probably isn't going to happen. That is me. That may not be you. And that is perfectly fine. But I also know that I can get sucked into Facebook and Instagram and emails, work emails. I tell myself, oh, I'm just going to look at one email. I want to see if this person emailed me back and I just, I'll get back to them really quickly and then I'll go work out. Except I didn't. I would go down a rabbit hole. And so I just made a rule. I know it's not necessarily a food rule, but it's a health rule is I am not allowed to look at email or social media or any of that stuff until after I have exercised. Talk about motivation, right? Especially if I put something out there and I want to see the responses I got or waiting to see if a friend texted me back. I refuse to look at my phone until after my workout and it works for me. Maybe it'll work for you.
Another food rule I have. All right. I think we're at, uh, maybe we're at seven here. Gosh, I really screwed up my the numbering of this. So hopefully you guys are still following along. Um, always sit down to eat. That's another food rule I have. I used to be terrible at this. I used to always stand at the counter and eat my food um, because I was always helping the kids out and getting them what they needed. And then I found myself standing, literally holding the plate like under my chin with my spoon or my fork or whatever, you know, in position, ready to shovel the next bite in. And I thought, this is ridiculous. It's very hard to honor fullness cues and listen to your body and what it's telling you when you're shoveling food in at mock speed. And a lot of that happens when you're standing up or a lot of mindless eating happens when you're walking from one room to the next. So I just kind of made it a rule, sit down. At least I'm more intentional about what I'm doing and I'm more relaxed when I'm in a seated position than when I'm standing, moving around and bouncing around. So that's another food rule I have. And you know what? That's just a good general mindfulness rule uh, that I think a lot of people do well with. Um, okay, we are on eight number. We are number eight now, I promise you. Always make two vegetables for dinner. Now this came about because, again, this is something, you know, when you have a lot of kids, there are a lot of different opinions about the foods you make. Everyone has an opinion. And it is very, very rare to make a meal that everybody agrees on and enjoys 100%. Unless it's, I don't know, like pizza or mac and cheese or chicken nuggets or something like that. Everyone agrees on that. But in terms of vegetables, everyone has a different opinion. And so that's just how it goes. And I was sick of hearing the kids complain you know, one, two, three, four, I don't even know, all five complain about what vegetable I made for dinner. So I just got in the habit of making two. And I told them, pick the one you like more. If you don't like both, you're still going to have a vegetable on your plate because that is what a healthy plate looks like. And you know what? (laughs) I also do this all the time. I tell my kids, I don't make the rules. It's just how it is, except I totally make the rules. And so I make two vegetables. If you don't like carrots, pick the green beans. If you don't like green beans, pick the carrots. If you don't like both, pick the one you like more. I don't care. Pick one. You're going to have a vegetable on your plate. I would love for you to have both, but if you don't want both, pick the one you like more. And that reduced the amount of complaining probably a good 50-60%. So tonight, I have broccoli and cauliflower. Pick which one you like more. Pick both. Hopefully you'll pick both. I, I think you most of you like all of them, but you know what? If you don't like both, pick one. But you will have a vegetable on your plate. All right, food rule number nine. Ice cream has to be worth it. I love ice cream. I love ice cream over the summer. Um, probably one of my favorite flavors is Graham Slam. I do enjoy that a lot. Um, there's this one place we go to that they have this really good, like blueberry cobbler, which I really enjoy that as well. I'm not a chocolate fan, so I do not like chocolate ice cream or a lot of like fudge or chocolate peanut butter cup. That's not my thing. Definitely don't like mint. 
No mint chocolate chip. Please do not offer me that ever. I don't want to feel like I'm brushing my teeth when I'm eating ice cream. But I love Grand Slam. I love fruit flavors, vanilla flavors, all the good stuff. But for me, ice cream has to be worth it. And I am not a fan of like the ice cream at McDonald's or Wendy's. Probably shouldn't name these restaurants, but oh well. I'm not a fan of that like ice milk soft serve stuff. And so not a fan of water ice either or gelatis or any of that stuff. I want the real handmade hard dipped ice cream. That's what I want. So, you know, I'll eat a a lot of different things, but ice cream is one of those things that has to be worth it for me to eat it. So that's an easy thing for me to say no to if it's not the stuff I like. And I think that goes back to mindfulness. And we've talked about this in past episodes. You know, one of the S's, the five S's to mindfulness is savor. I want you to enjoy what you're eating. Don't eat mediocre foods just because they're there. You know, a lot of us, a lot of people will tell me the reason they're overweight is because they like food so much. But yet I guarantee most people are eating mindlessly and not even enjoying the flavors that as much as they think they are. And so for me, ice cream has to be worth it. And that is a food roll. All right. And food rule number 10. If I can cook it better, then we don't go out to eat for it. And that's probably terrible English, but you guys get what I'm saying. If I can make it better, we're not going out to eat at a restaurant for that particular dish. I'm actually, I actually stole this food rule from one of my clients who told me that one time. And I loved it so much because she's right. You know, I can make spaghetti, so I'm not going to go out to eat for spaghetti. I may go out to eat for manicotti or for, you know, lobster ravioli because I don't make lobster ravioli at home. Uh, But that's, you know, an easy rule for me. Like if I can make it or I can make it better, we're not going out to eat for that because that's just doesn't feel like a, a good use of our resources. Um... Plus, I like to try new things. I want new experiences. I want to learn different flavor combinations, all the above. So, you know, that's just something that we kind of do as a family. If we know how to make it, we're going to cook it at home and, um, and save those really special occasions and experiences to try foods that, you know, we don't get to eat a lot at home. So those are just some, some of my food rules, uh, I would love to know what your food rules are and to see if any of uh, if we share any of those food rules. You know, when it comes to the rules, though, again, I want to just make sure I hit on this topic is, you know, asking yourself if you have a food rule, is it helpful? Right. I want to make sure it's helpful. But more than that, I want to make sure it's sustainable. You know, if you can't see yourself following through with it, or it's a struggle to follow through with it, or it doesn't feel good in your body, or you hate it, don't make the rule. It's not the right rule for you. So if you're going to make these rules, try to, you know, please, as much as possible, look at it through the lens of, is this something I can sustain 
Do I like the way it makes me feel? Do I like following it? And if the answer is no, then don't make it a rule. Don't make it a rule. Here's the thing. We're all unique. What works for one doesn't necessarily have to work for another person. And I know the diet industry wants to streamline and keep everything, you know, one size fits all. And all that does is makes people feel bad about themselves when they can't follow through with it or it doesn't make them feel good in their bodies. You know, this is a very individualized um, topic and we need to treat it as such. And we need to make sure that we don't make other people feel bad for having rules that are different than ours, right? They're personal. They get to be your rules if they're helpful, they're sustainable, you like them, and it feels good in your body. All right, that's what I got for you today. Let me give you your recipe. So this is actually a tomato salsa recipe that my family enjoys over the summer, especially when we have an abundance of tomatoes in the garden. So for this recipe, you're gonna need three medium tomatoes, one small green bell pepper, six medium scallions, three garlic cloves, one medium jalapeno, two tablespoons of fresh cilantro, two tablespoons of lime juice, a half a teaspoon of salt, and tortilla chips. Or you can also use celery and carrot chips and cucumbers and zucchini chips, whatever you want to use as a vehicle to get this yummy salsa into your mouth. All right, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna grab a cutting board and a large bowl, and you're just literally going to chop all the ingredients and put them in your bowl. Now, if you want with the tomatoes, you can cut them in half and gently squeeze each half to remove the seeds and then just chop the outer, um, outer portion of the tomato. That will make it um, a little bit more cohesive and not so runny. Um, then you're going to cut your pepper, like I said, your bell pepper, your scallions, and go ahead and slice the green and the white part. Stick them in your bowl. Um, you're going to cut your jalapeno. If you don't like things spicy, obviously you can omit this ingredient or maybe just do half or a quarter. Remember, all that spice is in the seeds, so make sure you're removing and scraping out all the seeds from your pepper. And then last, you're going to add that cilantro, lime juice, salt, mix all the ingredients together, go ahead and cover it. And then I would refrigerate it for at least an hour just to blend all those flavors together. It's going to be best that day or even the next day, you know, after day three, it kind of gets all soggy and wet. So this is definitely something I would prefer you to make in small batches and make often than try to overcompensate and make a very large batch and then it end up not working out for you. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Again, take advantage of all these great ingredients that are growing in the garden. Take advantage of your farmer's markets, your roadside stands, and enjoy the flavors of summer. All right, guys, I hope you have an excellent week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, 
how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.